Cool. Well, welcome to Copywriting Course. I'm Neville Medora, your host, owner of CopywritingCourse.com. And today we're talking with uh, Nomadic Matt, Matt Kepnis, aka Nomadic Matt. Uh, Nomadic Matt is one of the largest travel blogs around. You've probably heard of him. He's written a New York Times bestselling book called How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. He is an all around like famous guy. Let's say like C list celebrity. C list. Yeah. C yeah. list internet celebrity. C list internet celebrity. He was once my roommate and a very good one. He loves sushi. He's a hostel owner and a conference thrower, an all around cool guy. Nomadic Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What's up? So, the most common question people want to know is uh, weathering the storm. You run a travel site that talks about travel and people getting on planes and boats and all sorts of stuff. And there's this thing called COVID 19. So a lot of these businesses have shut down, but you've managed to stay open. And in fact, uh, I've done a little spying and it looks like your rankings are going up like a lot. Um, how have you like weathered this storm? <clears throat> well, um, funny you ask. <laughs> Not well. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this was going to be our best year yet. Uh, and, and then COVID hit. And, you know, I mean, I nothing happened, you know, <laughs> so there was no travel. And so, you know, our revenue dropped like 90%. Whoa. You know, uh, our ad revenue went from, you know, 25 to 28,000 a month to 4,000. Whoa. Uh, affiliate revenue is still down about 86%. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the companies, what they did is they just closed their affiliate programs. So they're like, yep, we're, we're, we're not doing this anymore. Uh, so many of them haven't even opened back up yet. So, I mean, it's really hard. All these revenue streams are gone. I mean, some of them are not even going to come back. You know, I don't expect many of the companies that shut down their affiliate programs to start them up at least for the next year or so, if they, if ever. So a lot of your competitors just, they're gone. Um, you know, a lot of people just are on hold. I am fortunate enough that I had a substantial amount of savings that I can just keep pouring into my business because unlike a lot of my other competitors uh, or other bloggers, you know, in the space, I have a full team. Like I have five employees, mm. so we don't make enough to cover our monthly expenses. So I got a government loan. I haven't actually had to use it yet, luckily. Uh, but most of the time it is just using my savings. So, I mean, I'd be fine if I didn't have employees. My mom said, I was like, yeah, if you fired everybody, you'd be okay. But then I actually have to do work myself. And who wants to do that? Dang. So, so what do you see? Like, are, are people starting to travel again? Are people coming to the site looking for advice still? Like what's going on? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned my rankings going up, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a core update in May and that was like super helpful. Like I started ranking for like best hostels in Paris and all that. That's nice, but nobody's searching for that shit anymore, right? <laughs> so like, you know, going into the summer travel season, I would have loved to have ranked for best hostels in Paris if there had been a travel season. Um, so while the rankings have gone up, search is still about like 40, 50% off its high. And so, in you know, people are traveling locally domestically so i mean one of the perks is that i cover so many places around the world and i rank so well for for such a variety of search terms that um that's been good but still i mean this hardly anyone's traveling you know and 
um, at least not in the numbers that are going to, you know, make me cash flow positive. Dang. Well, so it sounds like 2021, 22 will probably be better years, according to most estimates, hopefully. Yeah. Um, are you planning on like changing your strategy for the whole business, for the travel? Or uh, is everything just going to be the same and just kind of like waited out like AMC theaters and some Cinemark theaters? They're just saying that 2021 is going to be like, don't die year. That's it. Yeah, I'm just going to wait it out. You know, you've seen a lot of, you know, content creators pivot to like lifestyle stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly, <laughs> you know, all those girls on the internet are, are like posting about beauty brands and, you know, their dogs and like home decor. And like the guys are like suddenly into fitness now, right? <laughs> and, and dress are like, oh, now that I'm home, like I've got into, you know, fixing up my house and like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. Uh, I don't want to do it. That would just like be painful for me to do. Um, and I'm just going to wait out. We're a travel website. We help people travel on a budget. And, you know, I have enough in the bank and enough from the government loan to whether like if my expenses stay the same, I, I, will, I won't run out of money until the end of 2021. Right. So. And then I'll have to start letting people go. Um, <laughs> then it'll be fine. But, you know, so I have enough to just wait out it out. And um, I think by the spring of next year, people are just going to start traveling again. So it sounds like big companies are kind of made through tough times. You hear all sorts of, you know, analogies of like companies that are really big usually get started during down times, depressions, uh, all sorts of downturns. Yeah. So it sounds like this could be like an opportunity to like level up if you survive the storm, which it sounds like you can. Yeah, I mean, I started my website um, in the last economic downturn, so oh, in 2008. So, I mean, why I'll just do it a sec second time? Um, That's really interesting. You know, we we cut off like a lot of our, we trimmed a lot of the fat, cut off a lot of the freelancers. So, I mean, I can scale up again and you just gotta weather the storm out, you know I mean? It's tough in the travel industry, but um, I think a lot of online places will go under and people will start looking for other jobs and I'm just going to stick around. Right. Well, so let's get in. I want to go into like the writing section. I'm going to ask a transition question. So a common mistake I see people uh, like you kind of like live the dream of most people. A lot of people I've yeah. met. It's like you travel, you write about it, and then somehow this has turned into a big business. So you're kind of living the dream. But a common mistake I see people make is they'll travel somewhere, they'll post an article, and then they're like, how come I'm not getting any money? How come I'm not getting exposure? What's going on? Uh, what do you do to actually get exposure and like make money? Like, What are the different revenue streams? Because some people think that you just post something online, money magically appears. But that's yeah. not true, right? <clears throat> this isn't fields of dreams, right? It's, you know, <laughs> if you build it, they will not come. Um, well, I think revenue-wise, most of our stuff comes... It was affiliates. It was affiliates and ads and then book sales. And we have like online business courses that that mix is pretty much ads and online courses now because no one's buying travel guidebooks because no one's traveling and no one's booking travel. So like it's basically just affiliates in my blogging course. Um, <clears throat> to get like, you know, once you get the snowball rolling, it's it's easy. Like we don't do a lot for promotion nowadays because promotion tends to come to us because mm -hmm. 
you get them so big that people are like, oh, we'll just go to this person. But I think in the beginning, uh, I love guest posting. I still think that's important, hmm. um, especially for the links because people search, right? I mean, you have a question, where do you go? Google. Right? You uh, still do guest posting? Uh, when I have some, like, like when I have a book launch, well, I'll do that. But on a normal day-to-day -day basis, not so much. But I think, you know, if you're new, like what would you, what, what, would, I rec what would I recommend? I would recommend that. Hmm. I also think joint Instagrams are like, lives are good. So I'm like, hey, Neville, I got a copywriting, you know, thing. You have a copywriting thing. And we, we do basically what we're doing now, except on Instagram live. And then you get followers and I get followers. And so that's a good way to, to grow your Instagram follower account. Interesting. So l let me skip ahead of this question then. So if someone were to start, like why, why was your writing so much better than others? I, I can't tell you how many times I've uh, had people, I've told them that I know you and they're like, oh my God, Nomadic Matt, like, you know, Nomadic Matt, they freak out. It's weird because I've known you for so long. It, it doesn't yeah. seem like that. But for some reason, everyone like trusts your writing. Like what, what's going on there? <clears throat> well, I wouldn't say my writing is great. Um, it's definitely a lot better than it was in 2008. Um, one, I mean, I benefited back then from there only being like 20 blogs out there. And, mm. and back then, you know, in 2008, when blogging was a thing, nobody cared if it was like great quality. People just liked blogs. You know, we had a feed burner and we'd go read stuff and we'd comment. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, whatever. There's typos and missized pictures. Nobody cared about perfection then. So... That was good. I mean, today I I think you need to start off with a lot more um, polish on your on your work. Oh, um, oh, we'll definitely get to that. But in terms of like, why do people trust? I mean, if I were to be objective, we're we're very detailed. I'm very like I write all my blog posts like it's a you're picking up a guidebook, um, mm -hmm. and I don't do sponsored content at all. And so I think. We really differentiate ourselves that way because, you know, I mean, I say it in my about page, like we don't do sponsored content. Wouldn't you make a lot more money? I would make a ton more money if I did sponsored content. Hmm. But um, I hate owing people anything, um, <laughs> you know, and, and then you have to have that awkward conversation of like, I don't really like your product, um, so I don't want to post any about it now. And then it's like, would well, you sign this contract? And what if you really like the product? Eh, and then I'm going to promote it anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so I just, uh, the idea is just not what I like. And, you know, after 12 years of doing it that way, that's sort of what we're known for. It's like, hmm. this is the, what you're going to get. Like this content is going to be detailed, practical, and it's going to be exactly how you would travel to. Because I did it the way everyone else does it. Uh, so on that note, like whenever you write, do you, do you write it as it's from Matt or do you try to make it like it's from this general company? Like, do you try to make like a guide to Thailand or it's like Matt's guide? Is it personalized? Like you're giving the recommendation you stayed there or is it like general articles? It, the title would be like a guide to Thailand. Right. But then it's, you know, by nomadic Matt and in the text it's, it's personalized because people are coming to for you right like you pick up a lonely planet nobody knows who the hell wrote that mm. right 
But when they come to copywriting course or you know, my site or you know, if they go to a Marie Forleo or any other like individual person, you go to that because you want that person. So you know, there's a people recognize the names and they follow that name. So it's very personalized. Like this is what I did. Here's my experience. Here's my advice to you to avoid my mistakes as well as like have a great time. That, that's so interesting because you're just like one dude and like all these people in the world listen to you versus like say Lonely Planet or so, I don't know if they're bigger or not, but it's like you have no idea who those people are and they're big companies, but you're even bigger than a lot of them and you're just a guy. That's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, power of the internet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so let's say you go to Thailand or France or the insert place. How do you write that post? Like do, when you're buying your ticket, are you thinking like, I'm going to write the best guy did this. I'm going to stay at these hostels. Or are you just kind of winging it and you're writing after or during? Are you taking notes, taking pictures for it? Does it feel like a full-time job like while you're there? Yeah, it's it's a job. Um, I take a lot of pictures of menus. I go into supermarkets and take prices of food items to, you know, because we hmm. usually have like a budget. Like if you're going to buy your food for a week, how much would it cost? Mm. you know so if i'm not buying food i'll pretend i am and i'll just write out the prices of what like it would cost and then you know magic math and there's your average but i don't really go in thinking too much about what i'm going to write if if i'm going to a place for the first time and i'm going to spend substantial time there obviously i'm going to write my favorite things and how to travel on a budget to insert X destination. Guaranteed, those two posts are going to come out of like a three-week trip to any country I go to for the first time. After that, it depends what happens. And are, are you writing these during your trip? Like you're working during the trip? No, I do it all afterwards. Really? Yeah. And do you take notes on that? Yeah. I mean, anything that's Googleable, I, I don't bother writing down. But as I said, I take lots of pictures of menus, signs. So you got a photo roll full of menus and pictures. What about yeah. the notes? Where are you keeping those like Apple notes or? Yeah, just in my phone. It's yeah, like Apple just notes. notes yeah. And you just have a folder for like France or something like that. I'll just open a new note and I'll just write things and then I'll come back and I'll. No, so like no real process, just kind of just take a note. Yeah. Put it together later. Yeah. You know, if I, you know, if we're going to turn this into like a big guide, I'm talking like 8,000 word, like, you know, travel guide not just a blog post. Um, I'll take pictures of ferry timetables, uh, you know, tour. Like I, I take lots and lots of pictures of huh. just everything. Wow. And, and then what about, uh, so now, but back then it was just like you wrote a post and it came out and someone saw it on their feed burner, went to your blog manually no. with the URL. Now there's like Instagram, TikTok, all this crap, right? So do you, per I think you participate in that quite a bit? <clears throat> Has yeah. that become like a pretty big avenue? Like the live broadcasting of your trips? Yeah, <clears throat> social media is how you retain interest and you, your blog is where people go for information in a sense, right? Like, oh, I'm going to follow, you know, this guy around and great. Now I need more information. Who's going to scan back like three years of Instagram photos to get, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> I'll go to his website. So I think there's a lot of creators who, who do themselves a disservice by just being on social without that. Email list or blog to to then direct traffic later. Because what what happens? You see me in France, and then 
six months later, you're like, oh man, like Matt had a great time. We should go to friends. If if I'm only on Instagram, you're going to search, scroll back for all that stuff. You're going to go to Google. So I see this problem with a lot of newbies that Instagram, Facebook, all these things are so easy to post your own kind of blog, but in their yeah. format that you skip the hard work of actually making a blog post. Right. Yeah. So you're saying they go together really yeah, well. Yeah, they go together. You know, so rather than you going to Google and finding somebody else's website, if you knew I had a website and went to my Instagram and just clicked on the link and went into my website, then I'm getting you on all ends of that consumer process. Huh. Interesting. It, okay. So here's an interesting thing. So you kind of have this dream job of documenting your travels and making money from it. Uh, when you started, how long till you made your first dollar? First dollar dollar or like eight months. Um, but back then you could sell text links. Remember? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. So because Google was so immature then, like it was really easy to manipulate. And yeah. Payday loan links. Yeah. 500 yeah. bucks or so something. The second you get a page rank four or five, suddenly you're just like, hey, would you like to sell links? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. That sounds good to me. And so I sold a massive amount of links. Nice. And so um, and then how much, how long did till you were like living off of that? About two years. Two years. Yeah. And you know, did you did you think you would be living off this when you started the blog? The goal was only to ever just I want to write Lonely Planet guides. So the goal was really just to have a website that was like an online resume. Uh, you know, if you went to my about page back in 2008, 2009, you'd see like been featured and it would just be a page of links of all like the articles I wrote around the Internet. And it was like, hire me for that. Huh. So that was the original intent of the website, but it wasn't until 2010, 2011 that I really like got rid of all these other websites I was running for text links. And it's like, I'm just going to do this full time and make a go at it. And then just sort of here we are, like, you know, and just never stop. So you were doing it just because you liked it originally. Yeah. I mean, I, my goal was to make money online. That was it. I wanted to be. Do you remember like John Chow? Oh, yeah. Right. I still check in every once in a while. Yeah. So you remember like, you know, early days of pro blogger and John Chow mm -hmm. and who was it? M money maker, money. Just money mustache. M no, money. that's a new one. That's a finance one. But there was like a, another one of those AdSense guys. Uh -huh. Like, you know, it was like, check out my first million dollar, you know, Google check for, mm -hmm. you know, and a guy named The Grizz. From the Grizz. I don't think so, no. All these guys did was basically build shitty online websites to get people to click on AdSense. That's mm -hmm. all they did. And so that's all I did for like two years. I was like, I, because all I wanted to do was make money and not get a real job. And that worked for a while, right? Yeah. And then I, I was, <clears throat> I enrolled in this course called the Keyword Academy. Uh huh. And <clears throat> they actually taught me a lot about SEO. But we were, I had a call with them. Um, one of our office hours and that was just like, Matt, like you actually know travel. Why don't you focus? Like you have a real website had like a page rank five at the time. And, I, and that was good. Right. I remember getting page rank five, like, Ooh, solid website right there. Um, <clears throat> why don't you focus on that? And so I was like, yeah, actually don't give a shit about this other websites. So I let those die off and use that income to supplement just working on nomadic mat 
And then eventually when Nomadic Mac grew past that, I never updated them again. I just sold them off or let oh. them die. Uh, you said something to that effect a long time ago that was pretty inspiring. And I was just like, why did you get so big versus other people? Because we know a bunch of travel bloggers and you just like dwarf them all. Um, do you remember what you said? There's a little quote. Um, you quote me. You were like, I treat it like a real business. Oh, yeah. That's, That's what, you what said. I was going to say. But uh, yeah. So explain that, like what most people just don't or that they just going willy nilly, seeing what happens and you're planning mm. things out. Like, what, what does that mean? I mean, I think a lot of people think they're doing it as a business because, you know, they're making money and they're putting in work, but there's no rhyme or reason or planning that happens. Right. It's just, well, I go on one trip and I get money and then I go on another trip and I get money. And I guess this is a job. Right. But a business has like marketing plans and strategies and, you know, profit loss and you know year-long visions huh right you know where you're going to take it right a lot of people because in the creator space and i'm influencers even though i hate that term you know how do they make money sponsored content paid trips right but that takes time so if you're on all those trips all the time you can't do the work to build up that passive income right that seo all that other stuff because you have to be in one place and you got to focus on it for a long time passive income happens after you've been making it unpassively for months <laughs> um it's a great way to put it <clears throat> but how can you do that if you have to go from trip to trip to trip to trip huh. so how many roughly how many post pages do you have on your site probably around two thousand. and and did did you write all of those no, we have a lot of guest posts um, and for the travel guides, that's sort of a collaborative effort between like my researchers and, you know, they'll do the research. Um, they'll set it all up and they'll probably write like a like a draft and then I'll come in and just like mattify the whole thing and make edits. Mattify the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, and so so how do you. I'm assuming that people want updated content, right? If they're yeah. about to go on a trip to Paris, they don't want something from 2014, especially after COVID or something. They want some new updated recommendations. How in the hell are you updating this many posts? We we never stop updating content. It is literally going from A to Z and back again. And I mean, I have pre-COVID, I had someone whose full-time job was just to keep content updated. Mm -hmm. Now... <clears throat> they actually got a new job right before COVID and then COVID hit. So we didn't fill the position. So it's just basically me and uh, one other guy on my team doing it ourselves um, right now because we're not going anywhere. So we have a lot of time to do it, but I will have to re fill that position. So are um, you, sorry, go ahead. Cause you're right. You know, nobody wants unupdated content. And uh, how, many hours a day are you writing or do you write every day or um just pure writing probably like i do like two or three days a week and like a two-hour block so maybe six hours a week okay hours a week i mean we we, we co-work quite often yeah and one thing i'm always surprised about you have the same routine you'll go there you sit down uh, you barely say anything maybe some small chit chat you put your headphones in every time those wired earbuds yeah you have like this old ass macbook <laughs> It's like 2011, I think, right? No, it's a 2016 generation. Really? Oh, yeah. I feel like you have like an old MacBook. And then and then you just sit down and grind. You don't say anything. You were like the most focused person I've ever seen when you work. 
Uh, well, so you just see like how much time I spend on Facebook. Then. You're just <laughs> you're just in the zone the whole time, just writing like this. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> you I'm block it for something. two hours and you're done. Yeah, I'll blog. I'll update posts. You know, I'll I'll get. Let's say you know, like oh, there'll be another batch of updated posts that I'll go through. <clears throat> you know, I'll see all the changes that were made. Um, I'll rewrite some text, keep it updated, approve. Just like you reapprove it, and then it gets put on the live site, and that's constant, you know. And answering social media, doing social media, um, I'll be, we're almost done changing the design for every one of our travel guides, which has to be done manually. Oh, Think God. of that: twelve hundred guides. Oh my God! Manually, because every section every section is different content so we can't just create a short code for like things to do because that's is different in every place so only like two parts of every page can be like a short code that's just like universal okay so this is one of the main differences between you and other travel bloggers they're just like i'm gonna write a post and see what happens you're like constantly going back over and over and over which it seems like you just have a post and it stays there forever, but you're going back every year, every few months and updating all of these. Oh yeah, especially like the bigger oh ones. Oh my God. I mean, hey, listen, like if you ever want to find a, a niche that requires constant work, pick travel. I mean, <laughs> you know, you write a post on paleo, what paleo doesn't change. Mm -hmm. You just want one and done and you just, you know, keep it updated for Google. Like I write a post about 10 hostels in Paris Five of them go out of business during COVID. The other five <laughs> change their price. That's got to be updated. Following year, three new hostels open, and one of them is actually like the best one. It's gonna stay in those hostels. Gotta like. That's why guidebooks get updated every year. I'm I'm someone who writes a lot, but I don't have to update quite as often as you. Some of the principles yeah. I'm talking about are a little bit more timeless. I remember thinking about yours and getting like not like kind of like anxious thinking about how many posts you're gonna have to update because of COVID. Yeah, I'm imagining like in your titles, them. you'll have to write like 2020 update post COVID or something like that, right? We're I mean, gonna have to go. Does, has COVID changed like the structure of these posts? It will. We're not on that update yet. I'm just trying to get like a pre all the stuff we were gonna do structurally pre COVID mm -hmm. done. So we haven't updated for COVID yet, but in a couple of weeks, we'll have got through because like. We were changing a bunch of designs and stuff. So like that project will be done in a couple of weeks and then we'll have to start again, go through everything now with COVID in mind. Okay. Th this is kind of really interesting. I wanted to show a lot of people this because when they see like these travel YouTubers and stuff, it looks really fun. It's like, oh, you just go to a place and like record a video and it's yeah. not that hard. But then you see it in person and you're like, oh, these people are working. Yeah. Actually, I've seen some uh, YouTubers that do that kind of stuff and you're just like, wow, they don't rest like they're, i don't know if they're having fun on this trip necessarily you sound like you have fun like you go there experience it then do it after yeah i mean the people who you know go and are just always recording i fucking hate that man like that's why my social channels are not as strong as my blog because i can write after the fact social requires you to be a lot in the moment so everyone's like hey here i am and i'm just like snap People were like, what camera do you take? I was like, I just used my phone. I took one <laughs> picture, made sure it was kind of like angled right. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. So you're actually enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, had some really bad anxiety and I got a panic attack about four years ago. 
four years ago now yeah four and a half years ago now and then i was like okay i gotta find a better balance why because you were you were constantly on social with it yeah working and traveling at the same time is just way too impossible to do you have to focus only on one so now if i'm gone for a while i'll travel for a few days and then i'll just have a work day i'll just go find a starbucks i'll just but but it's a sed, it's a seductive thing to be able to post on instagram and stuff and you get this immediate feedback um but what i have noticed is that it happens real quick then it goes away real quick if you don't get on that like hedonistic treadmill of social media facebook instagram youtube whatever you have it the algorithms don't want to show like old content. They want the new stuff, the yeah. brand new. And you, you got to always be on there. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, uh, I did this experiment where I posted a bunch on Instagram and stopped. Um, my website views went from like thousands to like 17 or something. But once I stopped posting for three weeks, yeah. it was just gone. Whereas your blog, ironically, has gone up. So posts you've written in 2015 have gone up and get more traffic and are like an asset versus yeah. a social media post is this one-time little bing. That's it. Yeah, I've used social media as just a way to connect in real time with readers, not as something that's an asset. Because think of it, you, huh. you nailed it. Like, Twitter is great communication, you know, Instagram for the pictures, real time right there, right? Your blog is where you want your email is. That's where you want people because that's where you're going to get them, right? And then, you you mentioned about the algorithm, right? I mean, remember when Facebook pages were the thing and people would spend so, including myself, yeah. I spent so much money advertising my Facebook page. And then one day, Zuck's like, nah, we're going to do groups now. And they've done a, an algorithm change recently to how they show content for pages. And so it's even worse. So like... You can have a million likes on your page and and then you post something and it's like seen by 50,000 people and the other 950,000 people don't even notice you posted. So it's kind of sounds like the social media are kind of like this. The, the blog is your hub, your home where yeah. everything should live. Social media is kind of the tentacles feeding into that. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately. Okay. Yeah. I see a lot of people going very astray. It's just so easy to update Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just yeah. like, if you don't have a home where all that stuff lives and that you totally control, it's countdown till you're effed because yeah. that platform may not exist in the same method that it was before. Yeah. Or I mean, it might get really saturated I like mean, YouTube or something and it's hard to get views. Yeah. What happened to all those people with, you know, who did Vine doesn't exist anymore. Snapchat. All right. Who uses Snapchat? I remember all the media companies getting real nervous about Snapchat. I don't think I've heard anything about it. I, mean, I know it's still huge, but like it's yeah. not as crazy as it used to be. It's not. People don't use it for marketing, mm -hmm. right? Like you use it to send stuff between friends, but as an advertiser platform, as a place to build your business, not, you Instagram is way better. Cool. So you have like, if you had to save one thing, it would be just the blog. You have to kill every other avenue. Yeah. Just be the blog. blog. Yeah. Huh. All right. So. If there was a newbie starting out now, this day and age, what what could they do? Like, would it would it be best that they start a blog first, a TikTok, an Instagram, a YouTube, a whatever? Like, uh, one, I would pick the what you like, right? I don't like video, hate video, mm -hmm. never want to get do video. Mm -hmm. So, TikTok, YouTube, not really my thing. Um, I like Instagram is okay because it's just a still picture, right? But mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, if you like video, get on TikTok, get on YouTube. I like words, I want to blog. But you should have some, you should always have a web page where you can direct people to. Someplace that is your home. Because, um, you know, maybe they ban TikTok and then what, <laughs> what do you got? Nothing. And so, um, <clears throat> but I would say create a blog and then focus either on the blog or video, depending on what you like more, uh, and do lots of collaborations. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we'll get like two random uh, last questions uh, people asked on social. Uh, do you have a, Kamran asked from Twitter, he's like, do you have a daily routine that you follow? Um, no, not really. I like to, you know, let's assume I woke up on time. Um, <laughs> I like to wake up around seven. Whoa. Yeah, I know. You and I, when we were roommates, it was actually pretty good because like I had the mornings and you had the evenings <laughs> you know, because you stay up late and I go to bed early. <laughs> so I could like have the plates myself for a little bit. You'd be up for like five hours before I wake up at like 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I create a schedule. So I have a daily schedule that I try to follow of like, I'm going to do this for two hours. Um, this is my lunch break. I'm going to read like everything sort of gets mapped out, you know, at, so I can just make sure I get everything done. And what defines a successful day? I, I stay on task and do that calendar. You know, my calendar usually starts at like eight where it's like breakfast. Mm -hmm. I even put in that. Oh, to, through dinner. And if I make it through the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I did everything in that calendar in the allotted time. And I, I didn't have to like punt anything, you know, like I didn't finish my blog updates. Everything gets finished. I'm like, oh, that's a good day. Well, well the, so you're an unusual character in that you're traveling so often. I mean, yeah. so when we were roommates, the agreement was that you're not supposed to actually be at the apartment ever. It was the, the greatest uh, yeah. thing because you're just always, you're just always traveling. Um, I've never seen anyone travel as much as you. Do you keep that same daily schedule whenever you're traveling or do you just like screw everything and just go explore France or whatever? Yeah, there's no schedule like when I travel. It's just every few days I will sit down and like just have a work day, but mm -hmm. then it's just a to-do list, like things that I've accumulated that I just need to do, you know, huh. um, whereas I don't have a to-do list when I'm home, I have a schedule. I don't know if for some reason I thought you just worked a lot while you were traveling. I didn't realize you're I, so casual about it. Yeah, I try not to. That's probably why you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I still always feel I work too much when I'm traveling. And uh, Shaggy has asked uh, from Twitter, how are you getting by with the lack of travel? <sighs> Very difficult. Very <laughs> difficult. You're not Poorly. enjoying just chilling? I... I like being home. I mean, I just got road trip to see my parents up in Boston and came mm -hmm. back again. But it's weird knowing that I can't travel. Yeah, you know, there's all these countries that are open, but countries I want to visit aren't open. And I'm just not sold on like a 12 hour flight where I have to sleep with a mask on. I can't even have like an eye mask because like <laughs> I don't like things touching my face while I'm asleep. So I don't know. So it kind of sucks right now. Yeah, it kind of sucks right now. Huh. Eh, well, that's a bummer, but I'm sure you'll start doing something. Start yeah, I mean, it. probably later in the year, I'll I'll go somewhere, like like within like three or four hours. So I, I don't mind wearing a mask when I fly. I just don't want to do it, you know, overnight when you're like, okay, now you have to sleep. And I'm like, but I can just feel this thing on my face. 
Cool. And then uh, I, I think that's uh, the last we got. So uh, where can people find you, follow you, buy stuff from you, check out your website, see what you're up to? I am found everywhere uh, at Nomadic Matt. So nomadicmat.com uh, for the website and any social channel, Nomadic Matt. Your me. book? Uh, my book, How to Travel the World in $50 a Day, Amazon, and the my new book, 10 Years of Nomad, which came out last year. Um, also Amazon. I read that. I, I learned a lot about you. Yeah. I, I didn't know all that stuff. How many, if you don't mind me asking, how many copies of books have you sold? Not as much as I would like. The first <laughs> one did a lot better than the second one. Mm -hmm. The uh, second one was more of a biography, right? Or autobiography. Yeah. yeah. And you. No as, one cares about you, bro. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually, I really like it. And it was my first foray, foray into writing narrative travel. And I, I want to keep doing that. Uh, but for a first narrative book, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work. Um, some typos I got missed by the editor, which I'm not too excited about. But hey, when we lived together, everyone would see that book on the shelves and be like, I have this book because you yeah. had like a bunch of copies of it. Yeah. I'd be like, I have this book. And I'd be like, Nomadic Matt lives here. And they'd freak out. That yeah. was like the standard thing every time someone come in the apartment. <laughs> yeah. So it's good, but it sells like. It will be the book that constantly sells for like 10 years. That's amazing. I think it's a great title. Everything. Uh, love your spirit. And this kind of sucks that COVID has been affected so much, but I've watched you like work through it and I can't wait to see what comes out on the other side. Thanks. No matter Matt, for joining us. My name is Neville Medora. You can find me at copywritingcourse.com with C's now instead of K's. Wow. We've moved up in life. Look at that. Look at COVID's a year of change. COVID with the K. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. yeah. COVID's a year of change. So yeah, uh, you can join a little members area if you want to hang out with us and stuff like that. And thanks Nomadic Matt for joining. Appreciate thanks for it. having me. Have a good one. Take care. Take care.